0: Thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays. Here with me is Jay Jones, and this is Text-Driven Tuesday.
1: It is. Text-Driven Tuesday. Yep. I like that little fade out. That was a perfect fade out.
0: It was... Pretty nice. Real nice, yeah. Jay.
1: hmm Did you have a good weekend?
0: It was good. All right. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Um... Abigail had a uh, school event Saturday night, and then we had uh, church service Sunday. Yeah, it was good.
1: Yeah, we had a good day! A lot of a lot of
0: guests. Were we there. did. Yeah, we did. Yep,
1: yeah, we've had several. Yep, and they're still coming back. It would seem.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, we're not driving them away just yeah, yet. Yeah,
1: not yet. Okay,
0: keep trying. So.
1: Yeah, it was nice. It was a good day. Yep. So um, Thursday, Brooke slides back in to first because she she got a hit. She rounded first too too long. Because I was wondering, like, how did you get hurt sliding back into first? Because they don't pick people off right in mm-hmm, softball. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to like stand on the back. Right. Well, I'm like she ran. She rounded too big, and she yeah. slides back in. She hops up. She's like, my finger was backwards. <laughs> oh no! And pointed back. So I got a phone call from brook uh-huh. and she's like dad dislocate my finger and then the trainer gets on the phone from whatever school they were like yeah you're gonna want to take her to get some x-rays <laughs> so the lady yeah. was able to like pop her finger back in okay uh place and well i thought for sure it's broken it was okay. all purple all the way down mm. and it's not broken oh. so it got the x-ray and they're like yeah we can see you clearly dislocated it there and you're finger came out and slid back over top of itself and because she told me she's like it was pointed backwards toward me and it was like an inch too short oh, no. <laughs> uh, she's a tough she's a tough cookie didn't even cry uh. <laughs> so she's back at it
0: I, might, I may have cried she's, something like that happened to me she's
1: back in action today on the field okay she said I'm good to go well, alright alright <laughs> Knock yourself out,
0: yeah. Did you see that uh, that video I sent you which yesterday? One? Wh- which one? It was uh, it was the player that broke his broke his bat. Oh yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, where it broke right. It between broke his right hands. between his hands.
1: <laughs> We're gonna have to bring that on free for all Friday just okay. to show what it looked like. It was okay. so cool,
0: and he still got
1: he, he still hit. got on. Yeah, yeah, he still got a hit. Never seen a bat break like that.
0: Before. It was it was <laughs> it was bizarre. Yeah. That's a flaw in the wood. Yeah. So, looked like it nice. was it, it was detachable.
1: Yeah. We'll bring that on free right. Friday. We're gonna also okay. going to have to bring in that latest weird video of Will Smith and his wife. Did you see oh. it? Oh. Goodness oh goodness gracious! I somebody, I, wanna, rescue, I don't know if I want to watch that
0: again. <laughs> somebody rescue that man. <laughs> that was painful to watch the first time. I don't know if I want to watch friend, it a second time.
1: His needs. His friends need to do an intervention and rescue him.
0: I, I don't know how anyone can be on her side after watching that video. Mm. She just seems like a terrible person.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we can talk about it. Mm. if we're. I mean, uh, th- th- thanks for, well, thanks for uh, giving me a heads up so I can prepare
1: for that. We'll have to just show it. I mean, you, it's going to make so much. This is going to make sense after you watch this. So, Well, we probably ought to talk about the text. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Let's do it. All right. Let's jump right in.
0: It's text from right.
1: Tuesday time. <laughs>
0: professionals professional transition yeah all right so <laughs> so you're fi- you you finished the book you finished yeah, the book of habakkuk, habakkuk on sunday you uh, you finished this with uh chapter 3 yeah
1: finished
0: it yep uh what do you want to tell us about uh chapter 3 in a kind of setting the setting the stage
1: okay so after god responds back to habakkuk you know they've had this back and forth mm. kind of dialogue going on God says, I'm going to do something about the Babylonians, and he gave the five woes, and that was what we we uh, looked at last time, the five woes that God gives uh, of judgment. And it's on Babylon, but it's really on all the wicked. And so all that Habakkuk has left now is, well, a final response. Um, he's kind of come to grips with the reality of what's about to take place, judgment's coming upon Judah Um Judgment eventually will be co- will be coming to Babylon, but now he's come to grips with what's happening. Um, the world as he knows it is ending, and he doesn't feel fine. George, I gotcha. I gotcha with that one. You hesitated. Little dad joke there for you. Mm-hmm.
0: It's the end of the world. I'm, surpri- I'm, surpri- I'm surprised you uh, didn't didn't have that to play. What
1: the the clip? Uh huh. That would have been a good one if we were more professional. Okay, I could have played that. <laughs> Though we probably would have got a, it probably would have pulled it offline for copyright infringement or something stupid. Yeah, it's the end of the world as a back knows it. He okay. doesn't feel fine. It's okay. the end of the world, and he prays. So the chapter three right. is a prayer. So he prays to God, and um, what's good about it is, I learned a lot about how to pray. Like you know, when something really bad happens to you, you maybe don't even know what to pray. Maybe you just are consumed with thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we d- we do that before anything bad ever happens, and usually nothing bad happens. Uh, but he sh- kind of shows us like, hey, what does it look like to pray when like something terrible has really happened? And I think that's uh, you know we have the model prayer that Jesus gives. I did a, a, a lesson on prayer once from that. It was very beneficial. And there's books written, you know, from Jesus, how he teaches us to pray. But God teaches us to pray in other parts of the Bible, too. Sometimes we just uh, maybe don't pay close t- attention to them. Yeah. And this is, I think, one of those places.
0: Mm. Um, My wife pointed out to me after we left church that I've preached this passage <laughs> before. Yeah. Uh, at this church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Habakkuk 3. Uh, uh it was the it was the end of uh December 2019 it's probably online <laughs> I completely forgot that I'd preached this so that was a fun little uh yeah
1: I forgot I forgot too the you know, covet hit and then the whole world pretty much fell apart so which uh hey, that was maybe interesting. it was
0: God was... providentially getting us ready for yeah it. maybe um just <laughs> I just <laughs> I just didn't remember that I'd preached it. So it's <laughs> pretty funny when you like you think,
1: do people ever remember what I preach? Yeah. And now you know the answer is absolutely not. Oh yeah. They don't.
0: Yeah. Because you don't even remember what you preached, George. Yeah. There were a couple of people <laughs> who remembered when I brought it up. Uh, but <laughs> I, I didn't remember. That's funny. I, I don't know I don't remember how I preached it. I didn't go I I haven't gone back and looked at my outline. Um But you you did a good job.
1: (laughs) That's funny. Uh, But I'm
0: sure that that's I'm sure that's online somewhere. on the church, on the church um, page. Yeah, Yeah. individual sermons. So you can you can compare. You can listen to my terrible sermon that I can't even remember preaching. It was probably you you could listen (laughs) to
1: yours. (laughs) It was
0: probably good, George. It probably was good. All right. So we don't we don't pray like this. Is what you that that was kind of your. Thesis, yeah, um, had a little bit of pushback on that in community group. Really, um, and there was a, a little nuance that was thrown in there that uh-huh. that might be interesting to think about. Um, that there are probably people who pray like this in private okay. that wouldn't pray this in public. Uh, uh, okay, and also the situation uh I, I brought up like when when people were talking about it, i brought up you know the situation is going to determine what your prayer is like yeah this like you said this is the end of the world Uh-huh. It, no matter how bad yeah <laughs> we've had it yeah. probably haven't had it this yeah. this bad and you know if if uh you just got you know you just get the the phone call that you got the job promotion and mm-hmm. uh your kid's an honor student and whatever you get mm-hmm. all this good news this isn't going to be the prayer that you that right. you turn yeah. around and pray um, so it's it's very situation specific mm-hmm. um, but uh, one person said this 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 may be the way that that some people pray when they hit this this maybe. situation yeah. yeah maybe so uh, because this is this is a man who doesn't have any inhibition. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, everything is falling apart, and it's um, this is all he can do. Yeah this this isn't this isn't a uh, this isn't a rote prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't this isn't a prepared prayer. This is you you called it um, like like word vomit. He emotionally like he's just, he's throws just throwing up. up. Yeah, he's emotionally throws up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this isn't the kind of prayer I, I don't think that you can. Like prep for this. Mm-hmm. Like this is the kind of prayer that is going to be just out of the overflow of of um, desperation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is. I, I was I was trying to jot down some reasons why we don't pray like this, even in in a. So you're. We'll we'll talk about your three your three points because you're you're bringing out how can we learn how to pray like this. Mm-hmm. Um. And um, I, I was just trying to jot down some reasons why maybe we don't pray like Habakkuk. Yeah. Um, so I, I it'll just be put, interesting to hear what you have. So I I, I just put down a few. I don't, I don't have. I don't think this is an exhaustive list. Um, uh, but I think the big the two big ones I think, or maybe the maybe the three big ones. We don't know God. Yeah. So the reason why Habakkuk can pray this way is because he knows who God is. Right? Well, you mean and like well, in the way that he does, right? Yeah, we don't yeah. we don't know God the way that Habakkuk knows God. Mm. Um, we don't uh, we don't know our Bibles. I mean, we'll we'll talk about this. that Habakkuk's prayer is full of Bible, mm-hmm. and if you don't know your Bible, you're not going to be able to pray your Bible. Right? right. Um, we don't believe God, at least not the way that, that Habakkuk does mm. after receiving this. But then some of the things that I, I think that are are really, um, I mean, it. it Sin gets in the way of our prayers. We're lazy, um, so we don't we don't pray. Mm. We're busy, um, so we we don't. We're not going to spend time. Like how? Well, we'll have you read it in just a second. We can time how long yeah. it takes you to read. Start this. the timer. Um, and I, I think a lot of us don't even pray as long as this prayer mm-hmm. um, because we're just so busy. That we don't even ha- we don't even carve out the time to pray like this, um, and then I think that we're we're distracted by worldly things. Mm. Um, when bad things happen, we try to drown it out by doing something else. Right. We we try to distract ourselves. Yeah. From things like this, so we're not going to pray like this because we're we're too numb from uh, you know binge watching a, a TV show mm. for hours, and so we don't we don't spend time praying like this Mm -hmm. those those were just some of the things i I was just i was just kind of jotting things down just brainstorming while you were yeah while you were preaching
1: i think you're right yeah
0: i'm sure there's i'm sure there's others um but this is not just um i haven't been taught to pray like this i think a lot of it is um we just don't prioritize praying like this Mm -hmm. it's it's just not something that we consider important. Right, so. yeah. And one aspect of it too,
1: you know, come, that comes out of the model prayers, is we're told that we should pray to a father, and a lot of times we don't approach God like a father. You know? Right, right. Not a good father, not a good loving, caring father. We kind of approach him like like I said, like he's the president, but maybe like if the president were your friend. Right. You know, you'd know him a little bit, mm-hmm. but still you'd, you would uh, be more careful with how you talk to him. Mm then you would maybe if you're coming home and just get laying it all out for your dad. Yeah.
0: You know, um, you know, Josiah is at the stage where every little thing will set him off. Mm-hmm. Um, he hurts himself. I mean, he's clumsy. He'll fall down and it's nothing, but he starts crying. Where does he go? Probably to his mommy. Right. Yeah. And I go to me, <laughs> Like walk it off. <laughs> um, he, he cries for he cries for mommy, uh-huh. right? Why does he cry for mommy? Why does he seek out mommy when when he hurts? Because he knows he knows that mommy loves him and will take care of him. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's how we should approach God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that a lot of times we we don't we don't trust the character of God, mm. um, and so we don't go to him like this. Yeah, but if we if we really believe what God's word says about God, how God's revealed Himself, and um, we we really knew Him this way, I, I think praying like this wouldn't be. We wouldn't have to really be um, twisting people's arms right. <laughs> to pray like this, right? Right. Um, it 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 should be intuitive. Uh-huh. Right? Okay, let's have you pray. Let's have you read it. Read, read the, the prayer. prayer. Okay. I'm going to time you and see how long it takes you to read this. Okay. You ready? Yep. Let me take a sip of the coffee, Okay. get the vo-
1: the vocal cords warmed up. Mm. All right. Here we go. <laughs> All right. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet according to Shigenoth. O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was, lo- was like the light. Rays flashed forth from his hand, and there he veiled his power. Before him went pestilence, and plague followed at his feet. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. I saw the tents of Cushion in affliction. The curtain of the land of Midian did tremble. "'Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? "'Was your anger against the rivers, "'or your indignation against the sea? "'When you rode on your horses on your chariot of salvation, "'you stripped the sheath of your bow, "'calling forth many, er- calling for many arrows. "'You split the earth with rivers. "'The mountains saw you and writhed. "'The raging waters swept on. "'The deep gave forth its voice. "'It lifted its hands on high. "'The sun and moon stood still in their place.' at the light of your arrows as they sped, at the flashing of your glittering spear. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. You pierced with his own arrows the heads of his warriors, who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses— Yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will make I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength He makes my feet like the deers he makes me tread on high places to the choir master with string instruments
0: all right <clears throat> took you two and a half minutes to read that it's not Jay. very long not very long not very long that is um, not long at all <laughs> which I, I, I th- thought it would be longer. <clears throat> Which again, I I, I think um, I I still think that many of us don't take the time to pray.
1: That is a two and a half minute grade A prayer. Yeah. Start your day off like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, you are uh, your your three points are coming out of this text um, and teaching three ways that we can pray following yeah, I'm, the I'm, example of yeah I'm kind of kinda trying
1: to observe like the structure of the prayer yeah and like the way like
0: what is he doing in these parts mm-hmm. you know what I mean right yeah it's um you, you don't preach poetry like you preach a letter from Paul yeah um so you don't you don't hone in on every single word so much as the big idea mm-hmm. and it can be a challenge. I know sometimes I want to I want to hone in on mm-hmm. on the lines and just take it line by line. But if you're doing an, an expositional sermon,' it's, that's not going to explain the text right in a, a helpful way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it might be good if you're in like a small group study or, or by yourself um, studying through it to look at each line and, and look at the words, but you're trying to get the whole, the whole meaning. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've got, uh, and then I'll, we'll, we'll bring out some of these specifics as we go along, but um, the, the big idea are three ways to pray. Um, and so the first way is to plead transparently for God to faithfully keep his promises. At least that's how I that's mm-hmm. how I jotted it down. I don't know if that's exactly how right. you worded it, but that's that's how I jotted it down. Yeah, you've, you've got it. Um, so pleading transparently for God
1: yeah yeah so there's a, a level of openness with how Habakkuk is feeling, I think that is helpful for us to to see here um, and and he's afraid that's you know what it comes it comes right down to that yeah. He's heard of the Lord of the report of his work. What work is that That's the work God told him he's going to do um, and he believes it he's afraid and there's a pattern that's in verse two. That is repeated in verses 3 through um, 16. So it's of, like, hearing or remembering who God is and his works, and it causing Habakkuk to fear or to tremble. And he gets very specific about his fear in verse 16. His body trembles, his lips are quivering, rottenness enters his bones, that's kind of like just a, a term... Like the Hebrew translation over to English is interesting. That they mean something like my le- my legs are giving way. I'm about to faint. Hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Like you feel you go, you're going weak. Okay. Um, like his bo- his bones aren't decaying. That's just that's the term that he's giving. <laughs> right. He's trembling um, and he's afraid because he had just described, as we'll see here in a little bit. He's described God as a mighty warrior and using this. Well. I I think it's more literal probably than a lot of scholars do. I think he's describing Jesus. um, I think he's describing the angel of the Lord from the Old Testament and his works that he did in judging Egypt and rescuing his people. And and now he's afraid because this warrior is riding at the front of the Babylonian army, coming against Judah. And he's afraid. Who wouldn't be afraid? Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. That is a completely... Logical and expected. If you're if you're a believer, now he takes this report back. Habakkuk shows the right response. I think contrary to what Word of Faith people would tell you that you know they might. You probably heard them say things like, "If you ever, you know." Fear is simply a lack of faith. It's a lack of trust in God. But I think Habakkuk shows the opposite because he has a report and he goes back with the report. And I promise you, there are people that didn't believe it. Yeah, and they weren't. And they weren't afraid.
0: The, well, the, the word of faith people go so far as to say that Habakkuk is creating this. He's attracting this with his words. Right. So just him saying the things that he says in verse sixteen would bring it. He's pass. brought it upon himself. Yeah. yeah, and so we don't. We shouldn't speak. We shouldn't speak these these words of fear. We should instead speak words of faith. Right. And so <laughs> right, they, right. they set them against each other. Yeah. Like you say,
1: which doesn't make any sense at all. Um, Habakkuk understands the message. He believes the message. God's given Habakkuk no guarantee. This is like like we don't want to get in our mindset. Okay, where where we say God. God's judgment falls on the world, but he always protects his people. God always protects his promises, and the believing community will be safe. He'll always have a believing remnant. Yeah, But believers died in this. Oh, yeah. Like, he didn't put a bubble, bubble wrap, mm-hmm. spiritual bubble wrap around everybody and say, oh, you know, you guys will go into exile. I'll preserve your life. Yeah. Like, the nation is about to get thrashed. Mm-hmm. Um, family members will die. Everything he knows—it's the it's the end of the world. That's that's what if you could describe the end of the world, it's coming. He believes it, he, and because he has faith, that he knows who God is, and he knows God. He knows who this warrior is. Um, he's afraid.
0: Mm. I, I like how you brought out um, Romans three, mm. the description of unbelievers.
1: Yeah, there's no fear of God before their eyes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you don't expect the unbelievers to hear this and be afraid. Yeah. You you expect them to hear it and just kind of shrug it off.
1: Yeah. They because they have no faith. Right. It's the same thing, you know, if you were to tell someone the gospel and the consequences of, you know, continuing in rebellion against God in sin, they don't believe you. They may even laugh at you. Mm-hmm it demonstrates a lack of faith. Now, the opposite effect is usually what happens when God is calling out his people from the world, when Christ calls his sheep to himself. You know, they're sinners when they hear the gospel, just like everyone else. But when the effectual call comes, they're traumatized. Sproul coined the term, the trauma of the holy. What is that? It's being struck with the fear of God. You're afraid. But then you run in faith to the only one who can rescue you, which is God himself, which is Christ. Yeah.
0: Um, so we probably should take just a, a little bit of time to um, talk about the different kinds of fear, mm. because you're you're talking about the fact that Habakkuk believes God's word, he knows that God has spoken, and that God is, um, he's terrible in his holiness. Mm-hmm. And so he fears. Um, but what do we do with um, what do we do if, with verses in the New Testament that, um, like First John, perfect love cast out all right. fear. Um, Paul tells Timothy and in Second Timothy, God hasn't given us a, a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are, what do we do with those? So what what are we talking about here? It, fear here and fear in those maybe those verses.
1: I think it's
0: very i think it's pretty simple
1: when it comes to this that type of fear is fear of the world, fear of man um fear of what they can do to you, fear of loss of reputation, even physical harm uh we shouldn't fear those things right um, that's to live in fear in that way is to actually demonstrate a lack of faith in
0: mm-hmm. God
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and then. The opposite of that would be you, you know, to fear God, which is healthy. And I've said before, there's only two things I fear in this world, God and great white sharks. <laughs> and I live in Oklahoma, so I don't live in a lot of fear, George, yeah. except for in fear of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? You could throw me in the wilderness and have a grizzly bear come after me, yeah. and I promise you the fear level would be minuscule, compared to me watching a video of a great white shark swimming at the screen. <laughs> it's irrational. I mean, it demonstrates a lack of faith. I, I don't know. But people don't fear... People, people on the other side, they, they don't fear God, right? That demonstrates a lack of faith. Whereas, like, for the believer to fear the things of the world demonstrates a lack of faith, and the non-believer to not fear God demonstrates a lack of faith,
0: um, with perfect love, cast out all fear. Is that dealing with judgment? Is that is that in the context of judgment?
1: Uh, well, I think it, it. Part of that is that is that we don't we don't have to fear uh, what will happen. What will happen like in our eternal security mm-hmm. anymore. Right. But it doesn't mean that we don't have a reverential awe and fear of who God is. Yeah. Nor do I think it means that we don't have a healthy fear of even displeasing God. I think we should have a fear of that. Like if we're gonna give an account for every word you say, right? right. And like, so every yeah. sermon you've ever preached, mm-hmm. you've gotta stand before Jesus. Yeah. Are you afraid of him, that he's eternally gonna damn you? No. But do you fear it? Yes. See, there's right. there's a type, it's a nuanced fear. Right.
0: And, and Paul Paul says this in Philippians chapter two, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. right. Um, uh, because you ha- you do have to give an account to mm-hmm. God, right? Um, and it's it is, again, it's it's the same thing you're talking about. The person who's who's merely professing faith in Christ with their words, but not with their life, and lives without any fear, they're probably not actually a believer, right? but the the one who actually knows, I am going to have to give an account to God, and so I want to obey his his word. Mm -hmm. That's the person that is probably a genuine believer. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, anxiety and fear are linked in a way Mm -hmm. – Like a lot of these things can be good. They can be healthy. They can be natural, right? Like you can have a Uh, – Even
0: the fear (laughs) of great white sharks, even though you live in Lawton, Oklahoma, where I don't even know where the closest shark would even be at this current moment, Jay. But uh, that is a – it's a healthy fear. Yeah. It's, it's, just like, uh, it's just like my fear of I, I hate snakes. Yeah. Um not all snakes, but the fear is there might be venomous ones. Yeah. Right. Uh that's that's, so a, when you that's first, a healthy so fear. So for
1: when you first see one, you kind of instinctually right. recoil. It, yeah, because they It could save your life one day. Yeah, yeah. There's
0: there's good fear. God has built into yeah. us um a, a healthy fear that is for the preservation of of our lives or the lives of others. When it becomes sinful fear is when you um, are irrational about it right so you don't you don't um, stay in your house because you're afraid that a great white shark is going no. to and attack I'll even you. get you, it you're not, e- you're not afraid of shark NATO I'll even get in the ocean you know what I'm saying right. yeah like
1: I'm afraid but I'll get in because I'm you know I'm playing the odds I'm like I'm more likely to get hit by lightning right you know what I mean <laughs>
0: right yeah you, it's it becomes sinful unbelieving mm-hmm. fear when um, you like won't go out of your house right. because of this, or because, or if it's if it's affecting the way that you live, you're you're so afraid mm-hmm. that something's going to happen because now you're not now you're not having a healthy fear that preserves your life. You're having a sinful fear that believes that God's not going to take care of you, right? And you you've stopped you've stopped trusting that God cares for His people. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Now, if I saw one in the water with me. I'm having a heart attack. Oh,
0: that's a healthy fear. Yeah, and
1: it's going and it, it, will, it will eat a already dead person. Because <laughs> I will have already I will have already died. Okay,
0: <laughs> that might be borderline sinful sinful fear. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All right, so I, I just wanted to make sure that we, we had some qualifications there because there's different kinds of fear that's being talked about in the Bible. Yeah. Sometimes we're told to fear and other times we're told not to fear and so we need to make sure that we understand that uh, the Bible's not contradicting itself. It's it's nuancing what fear is. Yeah,
1: and I think even with Habakkuk too, when we think, like,
0: he's a person, right? So he
1: even, he's fearing even the conditions that come afterward, Right, we wouldn't expect a, a person, a normal human, just to go. Now, nah, I guess it—it yeah, is, right. it is what it is. We'll yeah. all go into captivity. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Right. So there's there's part of fear that's not always sinful. Mm-hmm. It just is. Yeah. Something that would make sense. Right. Now, will it? I don't think you know if he survived and went into captivity with Daniel, I wouldn't see him being swallowed by fear for the rest of his life. And I'd, I'd kind of see him doing what Daniel does. Right
0: Right. And I think, I think there's almost um, there's almost like bookends to this this prayer. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, he talks about his fear, but at the end, we see how he is resolved to live right. in, in spite of his fear. Yep. He's, he's not paralyzed by it mm-hmm. because he is still trusting in God. Yes, perfect. Yeah. But uh, th- this is the kind of transparency. That we need to have in our prayer life. How how do we go about um, kind of cultivating this kind of transparency? Because I, th- I think a lot of people they they um, it's like you said that they, they are kind of they feel like they're distant from God. Mm-hmm. So you don't uh, you don't walk up to a stranger and just pour your. I mean, there are <laughs> there are weird people out there that will do that, but I won't do that. Like going up to a, a stranger and just pouring out my heart. Right. You pour it out to someone that you know, uh, but I, I think that there's still we still kind of treat God like this stranger that we have to be reserved. Right? Um, how, how do we go about cultivating this kind of transparency?
1: Well, first, I think is to be honest with yourself about what's going on. Then, a lot of times we can trick ourselves into. Thinking things aren't maybe as they really are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so we're not even completely honest with ourselves about things. Will, uh, like, like with my kids, for instance, right? They're real go-getters, and uh, I'll say, "Hey, come and talk to me for a second about this." You know, whatever's going on. they like, "No, I'm fine." I like, no. Listen, you know, I've I've already walked in your shoes. I've done all these things you're, you are currently doing. I've done them all, and, and I even know how you feel, right? This is how you kind of feel. You're kind of, you're kind of anxious about it, right? Well, I guess so, right? But see, like, they won't even be honest at first with right. themselves about it. Yeah, We do that too.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, think, <laughs> I hadn't planned on bringing this, but I ran across this tweet. I sent it to you. You never responded. You probably were too busy you playing Elden Ring or something. Text yes. message?
1: Yeah. Okay, well, I'm not getting my text notifications. I'm going to have to delete oh, the app goodness. and reload it. Yeah, I'm having a mess. It's messed up. I'll, if I go there, like I went this morning, I saw there were texts, but.
0: Okay. So I ran across this tweet, and I don't know who this guy is. But he said, I believe the very best days, and I mean the very best days, he put it all in caps, of the SBC are in front of us, not behind us. Perfect example. (laughs) Perfect example. It's like putting these blinders on (laughs) and ignoring all the problems. Mm -hmm. And just, he, he goes on to say, he goes on to say, this isn't to downplay the positive moments in our past, but to express a great optimism for the future. This is naive optimism. Mm hmm. Um, that is ignoring the the serious problems. It's 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 downplaying like the criticism. oh these are just fringe groups, and there's there's not really these problems we can we can deal with these. And so, mm-hmm. if you do that, you're not going to be honest about how desperate the situation is. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Not really being real honest. Yeah, you know, we have these like after action reviews we do, or and if your leaders were really good, it would be a place of brutal honesty. Yeah. And it could be a place where the people and you know you do some military operation, and the people that actually messed up could actually own it without getting their life ruined, mm-hmm. because the idea is, you own your mistakes, and then everybody can get better from it. But you can't if you're not honest. Yeah. Um, and so that's how you start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta you gotta actually be honest with yourself and not fool and you know put these blinders and yeah. rose-colored glasses right. they say. Yeah. Y'all, you know, it's always be honest. And then you just you direct you take that directly to God. You have to have the correct idea of God as like you 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 gave that illustration which was great of Josiah. But um you know, he. this is how God describes himself to us that he we don't have because we don't ask. Mm. Right? How much more clear can you get? Like I want to hear I want to hear from you um, to come to before me as a Father. That Jesus has given; He given us that right. Yeah, it's a right that we have it, now. It's
0: amazing! It's amazing <laughs> that the you know the the sovereign of the universe, He has extended this invitation for us to come to Him and and ask. Right, and uh, we're like, nah, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, we we have like this reservation. Like, God's going to judge us for what we're what we're bringing to him, even though he already knows.
1: Yeah. And that's the... the <laughs> it's foolish not to be transparent, because he already sees through everything anyway. <laughs> right. He's already got it all. Yeah. So you might as well just bring it all to him. Right. So thinking rightly about him, that he does want to hear. Um, he doesn't want you to come all pretending, mm-hmm. right? Just wants right you're you're one of his adopted children, yeah, yeah, through Christ, so
0: yeah, but he- be- he believes he believes God, I mean that's the end of verse sixteen that he he describes his fear in these really visceral uh this really visceral language, but then he says, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us, yeah, God has told him what's going to happen, mm-hmm. he hasn't told Habakkuk, you're going to see it right um this is this is seventy years. Mm-hmm. 70 plus years in the future um and yet he still he believes the promises of god yes and so that's that's like the foundation um and so yeah. he can he can express his fear while at the same time expressing his his yeah. faith
1: yeah and in the midst of that in him being transparent in that fashion he pleads with god to keep his promises yeah. in in wrath remember mercy it's like it's like a it's covenantal it's a covenantal buzzword. Right. Like if you study the Bible. Um God's is that, going. Is, is that his head? I don't know. Ah, come on, Jay. I, I didn't I didn't look I You can't, it you can't, it just, prob- it you can't just you can't
0: just throw out this is a this is covenantal buzzword, and then when I ask you if it's the covenantal buzzword, you're like, I don't know. If, it, if it's the actual <laughs> word <laughs> let me just
1: tell you. Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> Let's see. I I probably could look it up myself, but
1: the term is rahim, okay, mercy, okay. But if you put the phrases together to remember mercy, yeah, you're getting at the covenant, not covenantal idea that God will do what He promised to do, okay, through Moses, okay, which is after He judges the people and they're taken away into exile to the nations, He'll remember mercy and bring them back,
0: hmm. okay. All right, so that's the first that's the first point pleading transparently for God to faithfully keep His promises. Yeah. Um, the second point, the second way in which we can learn how to pray from this passage is to praise God for his awesome works in the past. Mm-hmm. And this you can you can see this in verses three through fifteen. right right Now yeah. he doesn't just he you have to know your Bible right when you're reading this because he he doesn't just come out and say, I'm talking about Mount Sinai. Right. I'm talking about the Exodus. I'm talking about the conquests. Mm-hmm. He's he's using language that we have to be familiar with already mm-hmm. in order to understand what he's talking about.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there there are a couple of well, there's a big clues like right right off the bat, mm-hmm. these two locations that right. are given. Um, now you probably have to look it up because I mean, my Bible geography is such that I'm like, where's Teman, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, do you have your Bible geography down that much? Like, it's maybe mentioned like one time else. I, uh,
0: I mean, even when I went into the the uh, the maps at the end of my my Bible, <laughs> Mount Deman wasn't there. Yeah. Um. Uh. Mount Paran wasn't there. There's the wilderness of Paran, but it doesn't actually right. it doesn't actually pinpoint where Mount Paran is.
1: So I th- I think. Uh, Taman is. I, I think this is uh the this, grandson of. It's Edom, isn't it? It is. It's an Edomite city. Uh-huh. But I think he's the grandson. Is he the grandson of? Great grandson of Lot. Oh, I don't know. I'll Have maybe. to look it up. But this the city. This is na- kind of a.
0: This is kind of, I mean, it's it's off the it's off the beaten path. But this is kind of a plea. Don't be lazy Bible readers. Yeah. Like you can't you can't approach the text lazily and expect to it to all just be yeah. straightforward you know just plainly laid out for you my uh my preaching professor would always say you don't put the cookies on the bottom shelf yeah like you put them up where you got to so you, you have you to gotta, work you have to like work like a for little it. kid you uh-huh. got to pull out all yeah, the drawers and find yeah if you want yeah, if you want to like get if you want to get to those freshly baked cookies you're going to have to work for it yeah but when you get to it oh it's sweet jay hey, Yo. <laughs> it's the same with with studying our bibles where the good stuff is um, it, it only yields itself to uh, to diligent students of the text mm. right
1: yeah so these two locations um they kind of tell you, "Hey, here's like a, like a, um, a region of of what he's going to pray and remember where God worked at, and that region is the wilderness and and Egypt and the Red Sea." So he's remembering the great rescue of God as God worked powerfully in a theophany. Mm-hmm. It's a manifestation of God in this. In this realm, in okay. the physical realm, God came into the physical realm, and His power was revealed. Even though it's, it's it says it's revealed, but it's veiled. I love that. Like,
0: so this so this is Exodus nineteen language. This mm-hmm. is when this is when Yahweh descends on Mount Sinai, and there's mm-hmm. smoke, and there's there's darkness, and lightning, and fire, and trumpets, and and uh, it, the people are so afraid that when God speaks to them from the mountain, they say. They plead with Moses, tell Yahweh not to speak to us anymore. You, you, you go talk to him and come back and tell us what he says. Right. And I love what he says. It was there that you failed your power. Uh-huh. They're so afraid that they can't approach Yahweh, and yet this is this is it's his veiled power. Uh-huh. Uh, that's just uh, that's just a great line. Yeah, yep. And, and so th- there's this um,
1: very expressive language used of God. Um, And it kind of has, like, the effect of, like, are you meant to, like, obsess over every line? Perhaps. But if you just read it and take the cumulative effect, it's kind of like a big action scene in a movie, right? Like, if you watch uh, The Last Battle, when Captain America is standing out there and and all the gates open up and all the superheroes fly in. Right. (laughs) And, like, it's about to go down with Thanos. And then Uh there's this massive battle. And you're like, whoa, Right. You probably don't put it in slow motion and watch it in slow-mo cuz you're going to miss it. It's not going to Well, happen. I mean if
0: you do slow motion, you'll uh, you'll be able to pinpoint Howard the Duck in the background, <laughs> yeah, Jay, yeah. but <laughs> So that it's the same thing. Like right. you, you let it run and then you go, "Wow." Yeah.
1: Right. That's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> so you're supposed to you're supposed to stand in awe of who this God is. That's what he's doing. He's remembering God's mighty awesome works. He's standing in awe of him. He thinks God's awesome.
0: Right. And so he's he's talking about Sinai. I think verse 5 is talking about the plagues of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got the Exodus. You've got the Red Sea. Um, you come to uh, verse 11. You have the sun and the moon stood still. That's mm-hmm. that's probably the, con- probably the, the um, event in Joshua. Right. Um, so the conquest. So here's all these things that God has done delivering his people in powerful ways. Yep and what does this do for his his prayer
1: life so he's you can you can understand how this would be important to think about God in this way because they need to be rescued again mm. and so it's it's instilling hope that the God who is bringing us into captivity is the same God who has promised to deliver us again out of it mm. and he's true to his words and he will work again to save his people
0: yeah so we got to talk about verse 13 mm. Um, because I think that I think that this is something that is often missed when we talk about the Old Testament, especially some of these prophets. Like Habakkuk does not explicitly say a savior is coming. Mm -hmm. He he doesn't. Though he does use the word anointed. Yeah, that's Mashiach, Uh right? The the Messiah, Mm -hmm. Um, which is probably not. It's probably not a direct reference to the Messiah, it's probably Moses.
1: Probably with the Red Sea language and mm-hmm. Exodus, it's probably Moses. Right. It could even stand for the whole people, okay. but pro- probably Moses. Yeah,
0: But there's language there that if you are again, familiar with the Bible, you're picking up on. Mm-hmm. So you went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. Yeah. That's, that's Genesis 315 language. Yep. Yep. And that is not Moses. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So I think what is often missed is that these Old Testament prophets, even when they're not um explicitly talking about there's a savior coming in the future, mm-hmm. they don't use that language. Um, he he doesn't talk about, you know, uh David coming or or anything like that. But he's using this language that reminds us that Habakkuk is—he's a believer. Like he's not—he's not just focusing on the here and now. He's not just focusing on the end of exile. Right. He is anticipating the coming of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And so, what happened in the past in the Exodus, in the way that God saved His people, He's anticipating that God's going to do it again in the future. Yep. And so, it's it's both looking backwards and looking forward. Mm-hmm. Um, to something even greater than than the Exodus, right? And I think that that language there is, it should it should hit us in the face. <laughs> yeah, like we should we should say, oh, I, I know I know what that is. Right, like that's the language of the Messiah who's going to come, and he's not he's not just going to fix the Babylonian problem. He's going to fix he's going to fix the Israel problem. <laughs> he's going right. to fix the world's problem. Yeah,
1: well, and what's interesting to look at is back in Deuteronomy. <clears throat> when you look at Deuteronomy 30, the end of that promise when after God remembers mercy to rescue his people is the promise of heart circumcision. Yeah. So it's all it's all intertwined together. Right.
0: And there's two stages to the return from from exile. Mm-hmm. The the first stage is bringing them out of physical captivity, mm-hmm. but the second is when the Messiah comes and he actually Delivers them from sin, uh-huh. right? Yeah. I, I love that next verse. You pierced with His own arrows the heads of His warriors. Mm-hmm. Like He uses the weapons of the enemy yeah, against to destroy them. them, and He's He's talking about what God's done in the past. But we know that a greater mm-hmm. s- s- typology, mm-hmm. right? Like this pattern is is emerging through the the text mm-hmm. that culminates in what happens with Jesus, right? And God. Um, he uses death to defeat death, yeah. That's
1: yeah, yeah. You picked up on that in my last point, great. yeah. When I said that. I'm glad someone was paying attention. Well, hey,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you mentioned that uh, we should be able to pray this prayer in a way that even Habakkuk. Couldn't pray this prayer.
1: Yeah, if Habakkuk can look back and remember all the great and mighty works of God and how God has worked to to rescue His people, how much more can we do that? I mean, like this this mighty warrior that He's describing, who has these weapons—a glintering spear and these arrows—and how he crushes the head of the of the enemies. How he is—he is, he is just sweeping through wrath, and the and the mountains are like trying to run away from him. <laughs> right. They're terrified of him this this person was born as a, as a as a baby right. for us and we remember that we have to remember that like we think of of the baby jesus and we go oh but we forget all of this power was humbled he humbled himself and became a man do we
0: i mean how do we we lose this right so the old testament they have these theophanies mm-hmm. Um and they're really dramatic, and then the New Testament we have a baby right. born, and he he's it's not like he does miracles, but it's not the mountains are are uh-huh. shaking and there's fire and there's lightning and loud trumpets, and this you know this big spectacle uh-huh. but we miss the fact that they they have the theophany here 's God actually in the flesh, right like they actually saw him and heard him and could touch him and this is this is better Mm -hmm. than that yeah have we been so desensitized by like like those action movies we're we're looking for the spectacle but we miss we miss what really is the most fantastic um event Mm -hmm.
1: yeah most most fantastic Um, thus far until the new heaven and the new earth, right? But this first time, it's it's he's it's all veiled in his humility. Mm -hmm. Um, even the glory that we'll see at his second coming wasn't seen. I mean, we we John says we beheld his glory, um, but the glory is veiled. The glory was veiled at Sinai, it's veiled even more. in his, in his birth. But it's still there. It's still present. It comes in the signs that he does. Yeah. And you can see... Uh, and all his signs demonstrate his power uh, in very precise, specific ways to teach things about us. I mean, you have him trampling the sea. Right. Right? He's doing the things that he does in a literal fashion. Who walks on water? Yeah. God does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jesus does. Yeah. So you still have elements of those there. But that that time of of temporary veiling, uh, he's resurrected in his power. He's coming again, and it there will be a great spectacle. Right,
0: but the salvation that was accomplished in the Exodus and the Red Sea is nothing compared to the salvation right. that God accomplished on the cross.
1: Yeah, it's so it is only a prefiguring of what God did there. Yeah, it's meant to get you ready, like it's right. the the prep you for it. Mm-hmm yeah
0: um, and so we can we can look back and we can be encouraged in our prayer life right because yeah. uh, of what God has done for us uh-huh. yeah um, and also anticipating what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what he's going to do is always in light of yeah the past. yep right. Jesus is coming in in power and judgment would not be good news if he hadn't already come mm-hmm. in humility and and rescued us from mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, the final point is praising God that he is enough.
1: hmm Yeah. This one's really straightforward, you know?
0: I like that you had that, uh, that alliteration. You don't do that very often, Jay.
1: Really? Yeah. Maybe I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of your points begins with a P, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I did do that on purpose. Okay. I was a little sad. I wanted three different words with a P. Okay, but I had to go with the last two.
0: With this, I gotcha. the same word. No, well, so you, you just you yeah. got to work with what if it you're, can go, then then it then it works, right? You know, <laughs> praising God. So praise God that He is enough. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, uh, I actually wrote down something that you said in my Bible, Jay. this oh. is, is going to be in my Bible forever, forever. Oh, okay, what'd you write down? Uh, I wrote, "This is what faith looks like when you have nothing to gain in this world at all." Yeah, that's it. Like, that's the whole his, point. His yeah. world, his world is is coming apart at the seams. There's judgment and sorrow and death, um, in the future, in the near future. And he still can say, I've got God, and so I've got enough. That's
1: it. You got it. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, like I said, if you go to a Christian bookstore, you'll you'll see this great contradiction. Like the literature that's there is health and wealth. Yeah. For the most part. Like you're not going to walk into a, re- a, a regular Christian bookstore. Like I don't mean the kind that maybe we would search out and go shop at. Yeah. Like your regular one that services... American Christians. And it's health and wealth stuff. But they're going to sell the little pictures on the side with this verse on it. Yeah. And that
0: does not make sense to me (laughs)
1: at all. All At all. Right. Because they are the exact opposites. Yeah.
0: You know? You got the Thomas Kincaid yeah. paintings. Yeah, yeah. And and you got this verse. But why aren't there
1: dead cows everywhere right. in that painting? That's what I want to <laughs> know. I want a realistic <laughs> version. I might have to paint this picture and see if I can sell it. Okay. Dead cows, uh-huh. dead lambs. Wil- wilted
0: wilted vines. Yeah,
1: wilted vines, buildings on fire with mm-hmm. smoke coming out of them. Yeah. In this verse.
0: Yeah. Right. Think it'll sell. <laughs> Hey, I'd buy it. I'd put it up in my office, Jay. <laughs> Maybe. I might have to do this. Okay.
1: So yeah. that's this is the idea when when your whole world's gone. Right. You know, th- way to for to think about it in your life would be like if you know we got a taste of it. I think even when uh, the coronavirus stuff happened, and then you know the the supply chains even got messed up for a while in some areas. Yeah. But if you woke up one day and. Uh, your Amazon Prime account was down.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you, you can- hear the audible the audible groans and, and <laughs> <laughs> exclamations when you said that? I, no more we, hard, we hardly ever get any kind of like really audible response to something we said. Yeah, you've, you've been going through this entire sermon and you get to that, that, that illustration, <sighs> and people audibly were like talking. <laughs> <laughs> can't order you can't order anything anymore
1: yeah. no one's delivering to your house supply chains are broken yeah and you go to Walmart and Walmart's shut down and you have no no place to get food right like everything collapses mm-hmm. and you're and then you're even like, oh well, I'll go to whoever's house they've got cows no cows are there's no cows there's no there's nothing this yeah. is like ukraine this is like eastern Ukraine, yeah, but worse because there's no social media or any news to like there's at least some measure of restraint for now if there weren't any look at the pictures of eastern ukraine this is that yeah this is what the christians over there right now right now over there you know they're still having church there's some videos of them having church in ukraine yeah. and this this first probably means a whole lot to them they're living it so um that's the question to ask if God didn't ever do a single thing for me for the rest of my life, would I still love Him? Mm-hmm. I mean, He's already done more than you ever deserve in giving you Christ. But if He never did a single thing for you the rest of your life, if it was all downhill from here, materially, physically, I mean, you name it, um, would would you still love Him for being who He is? He's worthy because He's He's worthy to be loved simply for who He is, um, and that's the idea. Yeah.
0: How do we do this, Jay? Like it's e- it's easy to say it, right? Right. Um, it's easy to say it. It's easy to sing songs um, that go along with this. It's quite another when it when we're actually in the fire mm-hmm. and and actually living out this because um, we we often we often you know caveat something like this like God is enough, but I, think- I, I hope this, but what he says is God is enough, even if even if all this this bad stuff happens, um, and it, it's easy for us to to give to pay lip service to this. It's e- right. it's easy to like you said. I mean, it's easy to go to the Christian bookstore and, and buy that yeah. that painting and put it up where everyone can see it, and then something bad happens, and you, you just are in despair. How do we actually put? hands and feet to this. I
1: wish I would have talked about this a little in the in the sermon. So first, here we are, Jay. Here so we first, are. Let's, let's, let's so talk about it. So first first thing, <laughs> I think what you have here is a perfect ideal. Okay. Okay. And I think I do not think you can do it. Okay. Hey, Actually, all right.
0: Uh yeah, well, that's all that's all today. <laughs> not I will say not
1: not perfectly. Right. You can do it not perfectly. Now, the beauty of this is, is you have one who has already done it perfectly. Okay. You have Christ. Right. So don't beat yourself up when you're already down and yeah. you go, oh, I'm not taking perfect <laughs> joy right. in God. Right. I'm probably not even a believer. Yeah. Well, we see
0: this in Psalm 22, right? right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. His world has fallen apart, Yeah. and yet he still is trusting in God.
1: Yeah. So to remember that, first off, um, Someone has already done this for you. Right. But yet, this is the, this is the goal, is to that when you don't have anything in, in life, you need to remember the one thing that can't be taken from you is God himself. Mm. If you have God, then you already have everything. Yeah. You, can't, you can't improve upon perfection. And th- I think we forget this idea when we th- talk about us. Uh, we have God. God has, God has come to us and made his home with us. That's what it, that's what God promises to us through through Jesus. If you possess God, you profess you you already possess infinite perfection. Mm. We don't talk about the infin, infinite perfections of God, yeah. um, but He's the greatest in the, in the universe. And I think this has to be how like guys like Richard Wamp, Rumbrand survive the Gulags. Mm. How else could you survive? Yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you not just kill yourself? Right. Well, I think it's because He. Maybe he didn't articulate it in these ways, but he already possessed you know, the infinite perfection of God. And so he has the most valuable thing. So he could literally just waste away and starve to death, and, all he, and he knows all I have from here to eternity is glory mm. to be had. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think how you do it is you just try to meditate upon God's attributes of who he is. And how all of these perfections became yours because of Christ. Well, they're not your perfections, but right. you you have relationship, a real relationship with God. He is your God. Like that's how Habakkuk describes him. Yeah. He's my God. Uh, you're God's possession, and God's yours too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not right. that you own him, but right. you're in this relationship with him. Yeah. So you meditate upon that about on on who God is, and then what can someone take from you if you're going to live forever? And this, there's this aspect too that this type of faith is caused by God. Maybe I didn't tease that out as good as I could, and I thought I was short on time, but I think I had more time than I than I did. The last verse talks about Habakkuk talks about himself. That God has made him become like, um, the imagery you could think of, think of, of D- David when he is with his mighty warriors mm-hmm. running through the hills okay. of Judea, taking the high ground, like hunting their prey. Yeah. Like their, their feet are swift and they're moving like a warrior. They're on the high ground. That's the land of the conqueror. Okay. The conqueror has the high ground. And Habakkuk talks about himself like that. It makes no sense at all. Right. <laughs> like the world's gone. He has nothing. And now he talks about himself, that God has made him like a conqueror. Mm. I think so that there's that element we need to remember, that when you're that low, I think when you're that low, which most of us have never been that low, some of us have, but when you're this low, if you belong to God, He is going to cause you to live, Mm. and it's by faith. He's going to cause you to live by faith. He's going to make your feet like the feet of a deer. You're not going to make your feet like the feet of a deer. You're not going to take the high ground. He's going to do it for you. So how did the Jew, believing remnant, how did they survive the Babylonian exile? By their own power? No. By God causing them to live. Are they outlasted the Babylonians, or the Assyrians, Babylonians, uh, who else? The Persians, Persians. The Greeks. The Greeks, the Romans. the Romans. Christ came, and then Christians started doing it. Yeah. Christians overcame the world, um, and they did because God caused them caused them to. Yeah. So I think there's that idea too. It doesn't doesn't mean we don't actively pursue it, but I think when you hit rock bottom, it, it'd be like if you know if you found your kid, he's a, a total mess. He wiped out in a crash and he's got no power. You're just gonna let him lay there in his own <laughs> right. blood, yeah. or you're gonna pick him up. Clean them up, and get them going again. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's uh, that's kind of the idea. Okay, make any
0: sense? I th- I, I think so. <laughs> I don't know about everyone else, but yeah. it makes sense for me. There you go. Yeah. All right. Any any uh, final final words from Habakkuk for us? I, you know I'm just kind of struck
1: by the uh, the reality of how fortunate we are, even now, you know, to live here. It's not always going to be like that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, when I looked at this book, is you try to kind of really self-evaluate. There's no guarantee, as we're closing this thing out, there's no guarantee for our children that this nation will be here, or even for us, really. We don't know what God's doing, what His works are, but I know we are open-handedly, like, just throwing sin in God's face the kind that maybe has never even been done before like the romans were very perverse people and they were cruel and they loved to watch people be torn apart by beasts and they were into you know all kinds of grotesque sexual immoralities but we may be worse we may be even worse than they are and you don't a nation doesn't do what we do and and god doesn't do something about it hmm should make you fear a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um and a Habakkuk I think helps us to prepare if that came one day, if God came in judgment. Yeah. Um but we could survive because God God will make his his church persevere in this world, even in incredibly difficult times. So
0: Okay. All right well you uh you finished out Habakkuk. It did not take you five years like, <laughs> I know like John, I feel like I accomplished something, George right yeah. <laughs> didn't take five years, <laughs> right. so where are we going next? I don't know, okay, I don't know
1: where we're going. You guys are trying right. to tempt me with Ecclesiastes, all right, and you know I love
0: a challenge. I yeah. feel like you did it on purpose <laughs> you you dropped Ecclesiastes. When I asked you did I bring it last up? week, I asked you, what are you thinking next? And you said... Maybe you did exception Cle- on me. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. You planted it. Maybe I planted that idea in your head. Yeah. This is a long con, Jay, <laughs> trying to get you to do Ecclesiastes. This is all a long con to try to get you to do Job. So, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Um yeah, okay. So we'll uh, we'll pick up with, uh, with Hebrews on Sunday, and we'll be talking about Hebrews um, starting in Chapter 5 and going through uh, part of Chapter 7. So we'll be doing that for Text-Driven Tuesdays mm-hmm. for the next several weeks, and then we'll see what happens after that, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. The future is unknown to us. I think this
1: summer, some of the other... Uh Pastors and elders at our church okay. will preach. I may do a couple of Psalms uh, okay. in there, and then in the fall, uh, we'll we'll jump in. Okay, I will definitely need to spend <clears throat> several months, probably studying Ecclesiastes if I do that. Okay, what do you think? I mean, it's it looks challenging to me.
0: That's a challenging book. Yeah, yeah, I've I've uh, thought about it before, and I always kind of shy away from it because it's. It's uh, it's a difficult book because it can lend itself to moralistic preaching. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for uh, thanks for preaching Habakkuk, Jay. Yeah, Um, I would encourage you that if you have not uh, listened to those sermons, go back and uh, you can find those on the Christ Fellowship Church uh, Facebook page, um, and uh, go back and listen to those, and uh, hopefully that will be an encouragement to you. this has been helpful for me. I hope it's been helpful for others. And uh, as always, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. And uh, we hope this will help you to become more and more conformed to Christ. We will see you next time.